0: So, uh, Thousand Acres by Jane Smiley, and King Lear by William Shakespeare. Um, There is a lot of debt that Jane Smiley, um, I guess, kind of owes to Shakespeare. Um, First to start off is mainly plot construction. Uh, you know, you, you start off with a man who wants to give away land, uh, you have King Lair versus Larry Cook, uh, both having three daughters, uh, two of which have husbands, the youngest, uh, not, um, you have Larry Cook, he's really wanting to turn the land over to um, uh, avoid the inheritance tax, or, as a lot of people put it, the death tax. Um, king Lear really just, from what I understood and what I read, was you know it's it's a king passing down what is his, which can be seen a lot um, through mystical tales and you know, actual, you know, non-fictional, uh, accounts, uh, fictional accounts as well, um, both having their reasons to give away their land, um, and with that, you see mainly, not mainly, but you see this transfer of not just land, but power, it's, you know, Larry transfers his power as a landowner, uh, over to his daughters King Lair turns over his power as a ruler ruling the land that is no longer his ruling as a king and the crown really being divided up between um, the inherent T uh, if that's if that's how if that's how you can put it um, you know the the two of them are really questioned. Uh, on several things they do uh, throughout both books. Um, Their pride is really messed with the identity of who they are. Uh, They both really question that decision of the transfer of power um, as time goes on. Um, But the youngest daughter, it's the youngest daughter who, in both... Novels, uh, if you will, that doesn't go along with you know the plan. Um, Cordelia um, refuses to show this abundant love to her father through words, and she puts into words how she can't portray that love through words. It's it's not something that can just be given to someone who you are affectionate about, care about, or love in just general. Um, and I very much would agree with her on that one. Um, it's between her and Caroline. So Caroline, instead of the refusing to show this abundant love, um, she really just ref- like doesn't refuse, but she doesn't really go along with the plan. Um, a little bit of a similar construct. Uh, Caroline just doesn't think that the idea of giving away land is smart. And with her doing that and saying that, immediately cuts her away from the part of her inheritance. So she's just immediately cut out. As well as Cordelia is immediately cut out with refusing a plan. Both of them not going with the plan. Um, and I think in more, a, more of a similar look at both both uh both novels you can see a very I guess simple um relation it's to start off it's just with names names and how the characters are named King Lear and Larry Cook you have Lear and Larry you have Regan uh the second oldest daughter And then you have Rose, the second oldest daughter, Regan and Rose, Jenny, the oldest daughter, and Goneril, the oldest daughter, uh, Jenny and Goneril. Then you have Cordelia and Caroline, both the youngest. um, Although they didn't have lawyers back in Shakespeare time, but uh, Caroline being this young lawyer, and you can you can see the standing up for herself or just standing up in general when there is a disagreement can be looked at through a lawyer's eyes. So I guess Cordelia really kind of does represent, um, a lawyer sense. Um, especially if these two, these two books are being compared, then the more you look at it, then you can see a lawyer, lawyer aspects in Cordelia. Um, there's just a lot of parallels between the characters, um, and King, King Lear's characteristics can be pointed out in A Thousand Acres, uh, there's similarities through personal conflicts, you have the family turmoil, uh, which is very similar, um, there's a clear, there's a clear patriarchy, um, in both works, there's a mental disintegration, uh, if you will, Uh, you know, Larry, he starts purchasing these kitchen cabinets, and just lets them sit in a driveway in the rain, and they just go bad, and he never puts them in, he gets this just awful white brocade couch, uh, for a farmhouse, which, you don't put a white brocade couch in a farmhouse, that- they they just don't go together. And Larry gets into this drunk driving accident. Um, and Ginny just threatens to take away his keys. Um, and I think that is... I, I think the, the drunk driving accident is the mental disintegration that you can see more clearly in relation to King Lear. It's when King Lear is just in the woods... And he's walking about and he's just going crazy, crazy and drunk, drunk and crazy, um, similarities between those two, both not healthy, not good, um, the supportive characters really serve the same purpose in both books, um, Jenny and Rose really both believe that uh their father's men, men, mentality is just being diminished. Um, the similarity in that to King Lear um also difference is that yes, those two daughters can see the their father's mental capacity just disintegrating and deteriorating. But, in King Lear, they take advantage of it. In King Lear, they see an opportunity. Now, with Ginny and Rose, they're just, it's, it's a realization. It's, wow, like, this is really happening. Um, So the characters, um, they feed, either they feed egos, um, they lay ground for mistrust in the storylines. With uh the tragedies in king lear um they have a lot of very similar counterparts um the manner in which the two youngest daughters um lose the right to own any property um because of just the reasons being through the book um it's both through their father, that they lose the rights. Um, Cordelia um, only really losing it through, you know, not wanting to overly boast, um, as I said, and Caroline just questioning the legal action. Um, Now, where I can kind of see uh, the novel starting to veer off um you you get more in depth with a thousand acres in a thousand acres you get more depth with the the characters you don't you can't really connect with the sisters in king Lear. now in a thousand acres you get their background you know jenny five miscarriages um she's you know you can see more of a human side 2,000 acres. Rose has had cancer. Um, There's this, this sisterly bond that you can see between Rose and Ginny that is strong. Although, Rose being the more dominant um, of the two. And Ginny comes to find out that Rose has just swayed her beliefs and how she really thinks of life you know, what Ginny wanted was, you know, she had been longing for this voice, uh, Ginny had been longing for, you know, opportunities, Ginny, you know, wanted, wanted kids, she just, it couldn't happen, Rose had kids, um, you know, then their mom dying of cancer, that's, that's, that's a more modern, modern Tragedy that you can see nowadays. Um, you're not going to have a cancer case in a Shakespeare. It's it's not going to happen. Um, you really see a lot of very very vile, vile, just sickening, sickening things that do happen in this real world that also could have occurred in Shakespeare time, but is really looked at more in this day and age with just victims to unwanted incest, how, you know, Larry sexually assaults his two daughters and those two have to live with that and they have to grow up and they have to protect Caroline and give her these opportunities that the two of them never had. You know, Caroline goes... Off to Des Moines and can become a lawyer, and that's no thanks to Ginny and Rose just being the sisters who they are. Uh, And you really you didn't you did not see that at all, with the two sisters watching over the younger sister. It it's not something that 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 occurred. It's it was the opposite, really. It was the younger sister Cordelia. Looking at her older sisters, you know, our father is just off. He's not right. And those two older sisters were taking advantage of that. But these two sisters in Matthews and Acres have to stand up and they have to just go with the punches and roll with what they got. Uh Ginny really doesn't recall any of that throughout most of the novel, but Rose really does remind her of, you know, their dad's painful memories. Um, And there was another comparison that you can see um, is between two characters, Jess Clark and Edmund. You know, both of them were wooing the two sisters, uh, wooing is not a word that I, that I normally use but wooing the two sisters um, you know, Jess sleeps with Jenny uh, <clears throat> while she's still married to Ty uh, after Rose's husband Pete Clark uh, passes away uh, Jess becomes Rose's companion Um, although he ends up leaving three years later, uh, to the west coast, um, that, that's something that, you know, is again a very similar thing that can happen in this day and age, you know, the leaving of a, of a parental figure, um, a guardian. Um, but what you don't see is that what isn't similar between the two is that Edmund, gets confronted by the two sisters when they realize that they've been duped now Jess never gets confronted um, now although Jenny thinks about Jess, she realizes that it's just it's not a reality, and I talk about what is able to be seen in this day and age I think in 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 my opinion that is that is the most human day and age aspect that can really be seen it's you see something there and it's not a reality it's not going to happen it's something that no matter how much hard work you can put into it it's something that can't be real Uh, after After they go through... You know... The lawsuit... uh, In A Thousand Acres... um, With the help of Caroline... Assisting Larry... um, This is... Something that... Can be... Relatable... To King Lear... Where... The... Sisters and the husbands... Realize... You know... That they're against... The father... And the younger sister, but it—you have to look very closely to the minor detail in that situation, and it's a, there's a human factor, um, and something that's more relatable. You'll have family members suing other family members, pressing charges against other family members. So a lawsuit, although it's a lawsuit in the in the novel. It's it's a, it's a legal case. It's it's something that can be looked at from no matter what kind of situation that someone is in, regardless of what the actual mishappening is going on. It's a problem between a fa- inside a family through legal action, which. I think it just being looked at as a lawsuit doesn't do it good enough. Just looking at it as a lawsuit. Now, I'm not someone who will look at every situation and say, you know, there's there's a, there's such a an in-depth meaning to this. There's there's such a such such a different different way we can look at this. I'm not that kind of person, but this right here actually made me think about that. It's it's not just a lawsuit. It's something that any kind of... Any person who has gone through that within a family can relate to. Um, and I, th- I think that's, that, that is something that I will give props to Smiley about. Because I may not have been the biggest fan of the novel. But that is something that I can respect. Um, a Thousand Acres... Um nearing the end you can see how Jenny is just jealous of the children. She can't look at Jess. You know, she used to look at him differently from the other farm boys, but just just the sight of him is something that is just reckoning when you go through looking at a person and realizing there's it's not real. You know, you can never you can never get that. It's unobtainable. And it's not that Jenny wanted to be Rose and It's not like Rose. Rose was everything that Ginny couldn't be. Ginny was always doing things for her. Ginny was always just, you know. After, after Rose's husband Pete dies, Jeff moves in. Jeff moves in, and she's just sick of Rose, bossing her around throughout her life, ruining her life. So, where it really veers off, and where you can see just originality is you know corruption in the family, and although there is corruption in King Lear, now this isn't a this isn't something that you can look at as similar similarities. In every single book that has ever been made that has corruption. Corruption is really its own its own thing. So when it came to a thousand acres, and Jenny is cutting up poison and putting it into pickle jars of sausage and sauerkraut, and she just gives it to her sister, not knowing when she's gonna take it. Not knowing when the poison is going to be consumed, and whenever she'll die, she'll die. That is when you're at just such a breaking point. It's Jenny was just so fed up, and that right there isn't just corruption. It's also a failing, a failing mental state that got passed on. From her father to her. Um, now when Jenny goes back to Ty. And just demands a thousand dollars and leaves. She creates this more simple life. As this waitress at a truck stop. And I think that that is really... That is really where a lot of people see their peak. And that's something that I actually... I think I think is sad when looked at a certain way but I can look at it from a different pair of shoes and I can look at it from a different perspective and it's similar to the phrase you know not the phrase but whatever a man's riches are to them it's not always money it's you know sometimes it can be freedom. sometimes a person's peak or their vision of success is just this this house with a family kids, a dog some some pet dogs are great um, but everyone has their own their own way of Wanting to be where they have always dreamt of in life. And I guess Virginia was just having this simple life. Now, she was never able to have that because she had this awful childhood. She had been stuck with this horrible father. She had this this sister that was just using her all the time. And now she can just enjoy small talk with truckers She can pass it on, pass on her life day by day. Doesn't have to worry about, you know, any, any more conflict, but when, you know, Rose gets cancer and she's just getting consumed by it, just leaves to the West Coast, Rose moves into the big house and then she sees that the jars were never touched they were left in the cellar of the old house, and I think that will always be something that haunts her how you you went through that that was a that was more than just a phase that was something that you were willing to accept, but now you're here and you have you you're back to you're not just back to square one you're back to square one and looking back at. If she consumed the poison through the jars, I think it would have been less haunting to her. But she has to think in her head, those jars are still there, and those jars would have killed whoever ate the poison. That would have killed her sister. And I I think that is... I think that's a good a good karma. A good karma to have in the book. Um, Jenny pretty much just takes the kids um, and helps them out as, you know, they're a lot older now. Um, and Rose also just... Rose has all this land now and she can't take care of it. Because, I mean, Larry's just way dead gone now, and, in a, in a sense, Jenny finally got the kids that she always wanted, uh, she always looked at the five miscarriages, as, five lost kids, but, in, in a way, she finally got what she wanted, a simple life, kids that she could never have, um, and then, Kai comes by the truck stop with the divorce paper before he's about to move to Texas because uh, he just he wants it he wants it to be completely you know ended. So if he ever does find someone, then there isn't this overlaying you know layer that will always be atop of him. Um, so he can move on, she can move on, have her life, he has his life, and the land just finally gets auctioned off now overall, I think that they were pretty good books um, I did favorite King Lear more even though it is Shakespeare and it took a lot of a uh, lot of extra reading thanks to no fear Shakespeare of me uh, understanding what was going on but uh both great books. Both share similarities and differences. Both have their own path, their own direction that the author gave it. Um, thank you.